Welcome to the third season of Dark Horse Matters, the show about people, their passions, and their pursuit toward going after their dreams. I'm your host, Bev Matayoshi, and if you are a, a returning viewer or listener, thank you so much for your support. I really appreciate you. If you're new and just tuning in, don't forget to hit the like and subscribe and the notification bell so you can be notified every single time a new inspiring story is posted. So I'm super excited about this season. This is the very first episode of season three. I can't believe it's been that long already. It's going to be a little bit different this season because I am very fortunate to announce that I am going to be featured as one of the influencers of RDH Magazine for 2023. If you don't know already, I am a very passionate dental hygienist and a serial entrepreneur. And so this season, I'm going to be featuring somebody in the dental or medical field twice a month. That brings me to want to introduce you to our very first guest of the season, who I'm super excited about because she inspired me so much. Just this past weekend, we were at a financial services convention in California, and this passionate hygienist gets up on the stage and starts sharing her story about how she's winning here in the financial services arena. So please give a warm welcome to Synergy Financial's MVP from Team Tenacity, Chelsea McClure. Thank you, Bev. That was a really good introduction. I don't know if I can live up to it. (laughs) So when I saw you up on the stage, I was just so inspired by you, especially because I heard that you were a dental hygienist. This, um, I've been talking to so many hygienists lately, especially like on LinkedIn. I've been meeting people from all over the world in this field and it, and just ask them what your experience is, you know, post pandemic, because it's been a shift for sure. Seeing you up there, just knowing that you can do something. I guess a lot of hygienists have been feeling stuck. You know, some people get into the field for the wrong reasons or just don't feel inspired anymore. And they don't feel like they have, I don't know if it's the will or the the courage to do something outside of, you know, the, the medical or dental arena. Right. So. I just thought it was so inspiring to see you and your success. So before we get into your journey, um, can you please just give us a little background about yourself, where you grew up and where you're from? Okay, yeah. Um, So I grew up in a very small West Texas town. Um, It's right on the state line with New Mexico. I I mean, we're talking like 600, 1200 people max. Wow. (laughs) So... Yes, grew up in a small town, um, decided to go to college in uh, not, a, not a big town. Most people don't even have never even heard of it. Um, it's called Lubbock, uh, Texas Tech Red Raiders, if any of y'all are affiliated with colleges. Um, it's, uh, I went there for um, a semester or so, then I thought, oh, you know, I'll, I'll transfer out because my original plan was to do dental. I got out of high school and I was like, I'm going to be a dentist. This is what I'm going to do. So I did the four-year degree thing. I swapped around schools a little bit, finally settled in Lubbock um, to stay. So I went to Lubbock, went to another school for a whole semester and hated it, came back to Lubbock. Um, Got through my four-year degree. And then I was just kind of like, you know, (laughs) that was a lot of school. I don't know if I want to do another four years to get my dental, plus two more if I want to specialize. And you're talking tons and tons of student loan debt at that point. And I had met my soon-to-be husband at that point, and I didn't really want to move out of Lubbock and have to do like a long-distance relationship thing. 
So my next best thought I thought was hygiene because I wanted to help people and I wanted to be in some form of a medical field. My mom has been a nurse. So all growing up, I was around medical field and um, hearing some of her stories. I was like, well, I don't know if I want to do nursing. <laughs> right. You know, you hear, you hear people that are like, "Ooh, how are you in someone's mouth? And, you know, hearing my mom's stories, I'm like, the mouth is easy. Y'all deal with all parts of the body. <laughs> <laughs> I have a sister that's a respiratory therapist and she's like, oh, your job is so gross. I'm like, my job's gross. Your job is gross. <laughs> so, you know, different outlooks on that. But I wanted to do something in a medical type field. And I thought flexibility, time at home with kids, um, initial pay starting off for, is usually better with hygiene versus like nursing. So I went the hygiene route. Interesting. You know, uh, you chose dental first. Like I always mm -hmm. ask people this, especially if they're a dentist or a dental hygienist, like why, like, why did you decide that initially? Like what triggered your mind to want to be a dentist? Or you know, it, it's kind of funny. So all growing up, I would have told you I was going to be a vet. I just, I love animals. I would have told you I was going to be a vet. I didn't go to a dentist that I can remember until I was probably 13 or 14 years old. And I had a great hygienist and I just kind of was enamored with it all with the setting and the professionalism and Ooh, I'd get to wear scrubs. And so initially I think it was just like, I looked at it as kind of a glamor job. And then, you know, as I got into it, of course, I loved it. I've always been a very type A personality. So the systemization and cleaning things, making it look brand new in there. That just, I, I loved it. I still love that part of it, but <laughs> I just kind of fell in love with the ooh and awe of it at 14. And I was like, I'm going to be a dentist. <laughs> but, That's so cool. Yeah. You know, when I first became um, introduced to the dental hygiene or the dental field in general, I was, a, a, I was 15 and I was in high school mm -hmm. and I got declined my first job. I went for an interview at Jack in the Box. And then uh, <laughs> right afterwards, I went to my dental visit right across the street. Mm -hmm. And and the doctor was like, oh, what are you doing this summer? And I was just like, you know, I, I, I'm looking for a job, but I just got declined across the street at Jack in the Box. And he was like, you want to work here? So, I mean, that's how I got my foot in the door. The doctor just gave me an opportunity. And I was always so grateful for that. He helped me get into dental hygiene school too. So oh, we just awesome. built a really nice relationship. And I've just kind of gotten all my dental uh, opportunities that way, even in college, like I was working at a shoe store and then, you know, the, the, I went to the dentist for the first time after two years of not going and yeah. in the office, I'm, she asked the same question, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't want to sell shoes anymore. She's like, you want to work here? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it was just kind of weird. It fell into my lap. I'm the only dental person in my family and I'm super oh, passionate uh, about it. And yeah. everyone thinks I'm weird. <laughs> Uh, my my little sister actually uh, followed in my footsteps, and she is a dental hygienist as well. So we get to talk all the talk together. It's really fun. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, so post during the pandemic, were you working full time or part time or what was going I on? I was working well. So I was working four days a week, which for my office was full time. Um, and then when the pandemic hit, of course, I had eight weeks there where I was not allowed to do cleanings. Um, I didn't get laid off, but I wasn't getting paid. I was just at home with my kids, which honestly, 
it was kind of nice, like being at home with my kids, my kids were at home getting to spend that time. And I think a lot of people felt that way because it seems like going back from post pandemic, it seems like a lot of hygienists are having trouble with the scheduling and, you know, being back into the swing of things and not doing that all day at home with the kids and such. Yeah. I, I feel you on that. Like that I'm a single mom. So that two months that I spent at home was the first time I ever got to spend that much time with them since they were born. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I am like a hustler. I'm always working and they spent more time at daycare than with me. Yes. You know? So I, yeah. I really loved it, that time at home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was really hard. I think the, the first day I dropped them back off at daycare, I cried. We all cried. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, same. I I had always been that way. I'd always, you know, with my daughter, I had more time with her after she was born on maternity leave because she was premature. And so we were out for a while. But with my son, I went back for maternity leave early because my fill-in hygienist just couldn't do it anymore. I do work a very um, fast-paced schedule. And she was like, she was older. She was like, I don't know how she does this, but I can't do it. And so I ended up going back early and I regretted it. I still to this day regret it because you never get those tiny moments back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really loved the the eight weeks off. But at the same time, when I went back, it was nice seeing those patients again that I've had for at this point, 10 plus years. And, you know, they, they become really good friends at that point when you see them every six months for that long. And it's nice having those conversations again, too, but I do still miss my kids. <laughs> Absolutely. And I forgot to ask you, like, how many years have you been practicing as a hygienist now? So I've been practicing since 2012. So right at 10 years, I started in August, 2012. I've been at the same office since I got out of school. I was started out, I worked out at two offices and I was working five, six days a week. I lasted that schedule for about two years and I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to drop down to just the one office four days a week. Right. Yeah. I did people, that too. You know, I, I, I jumped in not realizing this really is hard on our bodies. Like people don't realize that your neck hurts, your arms hurt and sitting in that position all day long, every day, it really starts to wear on you after a while. Mm-hmm. And it kind of caught up to me. And I was like, okay, we'll go down to four days a week. But I've been at the same office for going on 10 and almost 11 years now. So. Right. That's very, you're very fortunate that you have, you know, that stability. And mm-hmm. I, what I've been noticing lately now, post pandemic is a lot of hygienists, I mean, they don't stick around for very long at all. Like it's all about jumping around temping or even the new grads, they, they kind of just, you know, they don't stick around. They're just jumping around to see where they're, they're looking for their home, I think, but I don't know if they're finding it, you know, like every office I've come across is having a hard time finding a full-time hygienist, which never has been a problem in the past. Right. Yes. I also feel like, you know, um, like I said, since the pandemic, I feel like people are more like, Oh, I want to work two, three days a week. I don't want to work four or five. I don't want to be there all the time. And up until this past September, I have been the only hygienist at my office. And this past September, I made the decision to go part-time when I started into this financial company. And um, ever since then, I've been just working two days a week. And it's, 
I was kind of getting burnt out at that point with the hygiene. It was just getting to where I was never home. And when I was home, I was so tired and I was just, I was looking for a little more. Um, I had reached the top of like, excuse me, of like our pay tier here. So Mm -hmm. I'm paid pretty much better than most hygienists in our area. I would say I'm at the top level. There's really not a lot of, there's really nowhere for me to go from here as far as clinical. Right. So I was looking for more in that way. And this, this opened that up for me. And then I went part-time and now I have another hygienist that I work with and having that, making that, creating that space, I guess I have fallen back in love with hygiene a little bit. Like I find myself enjoying going to work those two days a week and seeing my patients and having those conversations again, we're there for a little bit. It was like a drag every day. So I think finding that balance to keep yourself in a state where you still enjoy your job and you enjoy having those conversations and helping people and you're not dreading seeing people because, oh man, did you not brush your teeth for the last six months again? You know, not dreading seeing that person is just, it's important to keep that right mindset. And if you find yourself getting to that point, I feel like you have to adjust your, adjust what's going on in your life so that you can enjoy it again. Right. No, that's good to hear because um, I think a lot of people are just, stuck not knowing even what's out Mm. there or what they want. So uh, I'm glad you mentioned the financial I wanted to kind of get into now, like, how did you get introduced to this world, like, uh, as a dental hygienist to I mean, that seems like such different worlds. Mm -hmm. So how did you get introduced? Yeah, mine, it actually kind of, you know, if you're a religious person, I feel like it was a God thing. I had been praying for something to come along. I didn't care what field it was in. I just wanted something that would offer me some more flexibility and um, ideally something from home, you know, so that I could be around the kids and spend that time. So what happened was the individual that was looking for somebody reached out to my sister because she has a LinkedIn page and she's in sales. She's in medical sales. So she already has some sales knowledge and whatnot. And they reached out to her trying to get her recruited and stuff. Well, she had just taken a new position, just had a new baby. And she's like, I'm not interested. She's like, but I know someone who would be interested, who could potentially be very good. It's my sister. Here's her number. And they called me right away based off of that. And we did the little Zoom interview, et cetera. And it kind of just fell in my lap. Um, It felt like a good fit at the right timing. And I had no financial background, none whatsoever. But it had everything else that I wanted. It had the flexibility, it had the potential income growth. And, you know, I feel like as hygienists, we are, we're achievers. We like to achieve things. We like to um, do a good job at whatever we're doing. And we don't like ceilings necessarily, or at least Mm -hmm. that's how I feel. Um, I didn't want a ceiling. I wanted something with a lot of growth. So this clicked, checked off that box as well. And so when they told me everything, I was like, well, I don't know anything about finances, but I can learn about finances and I'm good at learning. So I went ahead and got into it and I thought, you know, worst case scenario, I'll learn how to do my own financial stuff and I'll learn about finances. Even if it's not a fit, it's worth trying. Um, I did not step down going part-time in my job right away. I did. (laughs) I did make sure that I could make a go of this thing first. And then I did step down. I stepped down um, to part-time about three months in. Oh, okay. Wow. That's, that's super cool. Now, was this after the pandemic or during? This was after. So this was literally in um, June is when I started. 
and this past june this past june oh wow september is when i stepped down to part-time in hygiene very very cool congratulations that is thank you that is just awesome um i was introduced into the financial services um at the end of quarantine and it was just funny because like i I was the, when you talk about timing, I mean, it's just like the cosmos lined up, you know, I was Mm. literally sitting on my couch with a notepad and a pencil going, how am I going to make more money? And the kind of stuff I had written on my book was deliver pizzas, (laughs) right? (laughs) you know, DoorDash, that kind of stuff. And I was just like, you know, looking at my options and I was like, oh, I don't know about this. That's not enough for me. I need that growth like you were talking about. And right during that moment, a friend of mine who I haven't spoken to in a decade called me. And it's funny because like we have been good friends. Like we used to work at a shoe store together and I always looked up to her. I always, you know, thought she was just a really good leader and a manager and, um, we would pay attention to each other on Facebook, but we never really had the chance to talk ever since we had kids. We were just so busy and engulfed in our own lives, you know? Mm -hmm. And then when she called me and I actually had the time to sit there and talk on the phone with her for a couple hours, you know, I was just like, wow, you know, during the pandemic, I had time to talk to people. Mm -hmm. So it was just so amazing. And as soon and I I just started asking her questions what are you doing now and I see these pictures of you you know on on Facebook doing amazing things what is this that you're doing now and then and then I was like how can I do it too and literally it just went in from there I was like sign me up I didn't even like look on the internet I just onboarded well that was me like when it fell in my lap I was just like okay I'm in yeah I didn't google I just (laughs) exactly I was just like let's do this yeah and you know it's interesting like if if I was introduced into the business by anyone else but her I don't know maybe it would have been different you know but Mm -hmm. the timing was right I think that's just so important you know and I think if like you said the timing if the timing hadn't been right in my case I probably would have maybe looked up seen who am I talking to like what is going on but I just went all in. Um, I had been, you know, you were saying you were writing down stuff. I had been looking like, okay, look for dental sales jobs, look for, cause I have a bachelor's in biology. I was like, look for lab jobs, look for, I was like, man, I don't want to go back to school, but if I have to go back to school, you know, so it was good timing. It was just the perfect timing. Right. So from June until now, I mean, I just mm-hmm. feel like that is such a compressed time for you to, you know, do all the things that you did. Um, So kind of, can you walk us through that a little bit, like what you went through, what your struggles were and how, how you were able to achieve and what you achieved? So, yeah. So we started out fast and furious first, when I first started, it was just me um, only for about a week though, because I was like, I don't, my husband's not going to do this with me. He's not going to want to join. Um, but you know, we sat down on our financial analysis just to go over our finances, see if we were where we needed to be, which we were not, we thought we were great. And, you know, he has a great job in the oil field. We were like, Oh, they had, they've got us set up with retirement. We're good. No, not, not even close we found out. So he, but he was all for it. Got them talking about finances and stuff. He's like, let's do this. He's like, I'll do it with you. So he came in and, you know, initially 
my people that I used to get started and to do my training appointments with were very few and far between, but his people, because he's in a management position, um, all of them were just like, yeah, heck yeah, we'll help you out with some training. We'll do this. So we got off to a real good, fast start. Um, when we found out that his retirement wasn't great, all of his coworkers and all of those oil field guys were like, we want what you're doing. So it, I mean, we just literally took off from that. And then a lot, some of them, not a lot of them, but some of them were, they're were like, man, uh, what's your wife doing? Can my wife do that? You know? So that helped out as well. Um, went through the whole training process, got certified independent on my own in about 60 days. Wow. And within 90 days hit my marketing director promotion. And that's when it kind of took a downward trend. We went through a very, very slow couple of months there and we're starting to pick back up now. But I feel like when you hit, when you get out of that training position and you go out on your own, you kind of stretching your wings a little bit, you know, you've got to learn to fly a little bit. So you have that kind of downward slope for a little while mm -hmm. and we're recovering now and it's nice, but it's just kind of getting in the swing of things. It did all happen very fast and furious. I, I feel like, but it was really fun in the process of. That's really awesome. Um, you know, I, I just love that your husband was on board and I, I noticed that the people who really thrive in this business are the ones where the husband and wife are a team. Yes. They work yes. as a team. And that is just, that is just super cool. We, guys, we've had, we've had members where, um, We've had agents come on where the husband or wife, vice versa, has been completely against it. And every time they struggle so hard or they just don't make it mm -hmm. because if you don't have that support system, I, and I can honestly say if he, not so much, if he wasn't, I feel like even if he wasn't in business with me, he would, you know, he would still be like, oh, you got this, you're doing good. But because he is in business with me, he sees more of it. He can talk about it. He can send me people more. Um, and he keeps me positive. So even when we have, you know, those people that quit or people that back out or whatever the case may be, he's like, that's okay. You know, we'll get another one. Or maybe we should do this next time. Or because I do occasionally, he would say more than occasionally, turn into negative Nancy and I mm -hmm. get frustrated. I bounce back, but it, he keeps me bounced back a little quicker. So it does make a huge difference having a good support system, even if it's not a husband, like a parent or a best friend, mm -hmm. it's all the difference. I feel like. Yeah. You got to find that, that person or, and it's just somebody that can get you out of that negative space. Yes. So yeah. important. And I'm so fortunate that I have multiple people I can turn to for that. Oh, Cause yeah. I mean, I'm not married, but um, it's hard, you know, sometimes, you know, you have that scream into the pillow moments <laughs> and yeah. just like, oh gosh, what am I going to do? But, um, I always bounce back as well. And it's, it's been such a great journey, so much fun. And I don't know, the entrepreneurship is not for everyone, you know, but I mean, neither is dental hygiene, you know, like right. when you look at that, like, you know, you got to look at it and, and see like what you're getting into if it, if it really is a good fit. And I feel like as a dental hygienist, um, I've been told when I was, you know, people were telling me about dental hygiene when I was thinking about getting into it, I've been told about the flexibility. It's so right. flexible. And I'm like, 
when I'm in it working five days a week, I'm like flexibility. I can't even go pick up my kids. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's yeah. one of the reasons I've been with the doctor I've been with for so long. He's the only doctor that I have been around that has literally allowed me to tweak my schedule so I can go get my kids. Or if I had a sick kid, I just called up. Well, I have the kid. I can't come in. And he doesn't make a big deal about it. You know, most dentists, as I'm sure a lot of hygienists can attest, they are not laid back like that. You can't just go pick your kids up. You can't just miss work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really more, especially in corporate dentistry. My sister worked corporate dentistry for like seven years. We noticed more in corporate dentistry. You even are working later hours. There's really not that flexibility there. Sometimes you're working till eight, eight o'clock at night because they stay open later for to help people that work all day get in, you know, or she was working Saturdays. So it was like, where's the flexibility in that, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. you hear the flexibility, but it really is when you're actually in it, doing it, you don't, you don't feel like that flexibility is there. <laughs> so. Yeah. Flexibility is being able to wake up whenever you want, you know, yes. and you have your own schedule that you're working on and you can work right. your work schedule around your family and all the things that you exactly. want to do. Exactly. That's exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's the goal for a lot of people, you know, post pandemic, you know, they got to experience yeah. that. But the problem is people expect the government to just hand it over, you know, because mm-hmm. we got so used to those checks that were coming in the mail. Right. Right. You know, it's like you got to make your own um, destiny. And I posted Mm -hmm. on Instagram today because I was listening to Ed Milet and uh, Tony Robbins interview on his show. Oh, yeah. And he was saying, you know, you have to participate in your own rescue. Don't wait for the government Mm -hmm. to rescue you. And that really resonated with me because I just hear those, you know, all the time people just, you know, thinking that they're supposed to just take care of us. Nobody's going to make it happen, but you, you have to make it happen. And, and I feel like that's always the mindset that I've had. So maybe I've always been an entrepreneur locked in a hygienist body, Mm -hmm. but I also think it goes back to that achievement. You know, as hygienists, we, school's not easy and we have to get through that and we have to, you know, be determined and focused to achieve that goal. And I think that even crosses over into entrepreneurship, because if you have a goal, You've got to be determined. You've got to be focused. You've got to know that you're the one making it happen and nobody else is going to make that happen for you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I feel like dental hygiene definitely was a stepping stone for me to entrepreneurship. Like it trained me for this. Like, I feel like if I didn't go through hygiene school first, I probably wouldn't even be open to it. Because there's some kind of something about dental hygiene school and the actual getting in there and practicing in, in, in real life that, that just gives you that mental toughness, you know, Mm -hmm. dental hygiene school was intense. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, and even hygiene in in dealing with patients, I feel like that alone broadens your whole people skills, like Mm. how to handle situations, how to talk through things without coming off as harsh or ugly. And I'm, I'm trying to help you. I'm not trying to tell you, you have to do this, but you should, you know, it gives you those people skills to communicate those things. And I would say that prior to hygiene, I was probably a little bit of an introvert, but when you have to go in a room and get right up in somebody's face and clean their teeth, you know, 
you kind of gets rid of that shyness. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. it's like, you don't know this person, but all of a sudden you're all up in right the up grill. In the, yeah. It's a very yeah. intimate <laughs> position <laughs> and I can understand why that's uncomfortable for people, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I think hygienists are re- the really great hygienists out there are the ones who make people feel comfortable and in, right. especially in opening up and sharing because, you know, mm-hmm. that's when they're compliant and, you know, they will do whatever right. you recommend. Right. Yeah. And they get comfortable and you can, when you can create that bond in your 30, 45 minute appointment, hour long appointment, whatever it may be, um, that, that helps tremendously. And that, and that leads over into entrepreneurship because you have to build relationships to get businesses started and going and keep them going. And if you can build a relationship and, 45 minutes with tools in somebody's mouth. I think you can build <laughs> right. one over a Zoom. Yeah, that, that's that's so true. And I feel like um, dental hygiene, uh, dental hygienists are the best at that. Like, cause we see families grow up. Like that's yeah. one of the things I really love about it the most is you can see a kid and then all of a sudden you're wishing them off to college, you know? Yes, or um, they're coming back from college engaged. And I'm like- you're making me feel so old, right? (laughs) (laughs) Very rewarding. But that's why I think it's so amazing that you're doing this because um, dental hygiene, I think dental hygienists are so great at this business because of that. I -hmm. feel like, um, uh, I feel like all the skills we, we learn for education, you can totally implement a hundred percent in the financial services industry. I agree. Yeah. yeah, you can, um, the education, the people's skills. And again, we care about people and what we do for people financially is just as important as teaching them to take care of their teeth. Like we're changing their entire family, you know, for the future even. So it's just as important as teaching them to clean their teeth. Like you change one education on finances and they teach you know, grandma, then they teach little brother, then it goes on and on down the line. So you're still changing lives. And I feel like that's already in us from hygiene. And we just kind of carry that over into the financial world. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the fact that this business is now virtual, because when I started, I mean, the virtual thing was kind of new, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, everyone on our team was still talking about doing live meetings and I don't even know what that's like. I've never been to a live one before, right. you know? So I, I just think that's just, just uh, it just opens a door and just makes it way yeah. more doable for Definitely. Anyone. I don't think I would be in this if, if I still had to go door to door and go in their house and sit down. I don't think, because I'm too introverted for that. But over Zoom, I can talk to you all day long. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. if it were if it were still, hey, let me come to your house and teach you about finances, that would be a lot harder for me to do, I feel <laughs> like, than the virtual. The virtual just makes it so easy and so nice. And I'm sure people are like, man, why didn't we start doing this a long time ago? But right, th- that's the one good thing that came out of the pandemic, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> the technology that just, you know, fast, it just fast boomed the technology. Yes era. But um, yeah, I think about like the the stories I would hear is people would have to drive for hours, you know, to a meeting yes. and stay there for the meeting, the meeting after the meeting, and then the meeting after the meeting meeting. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, what time would you even get home to see your family? You know, 
And right. yeah, I'm or just, the horror like, stories. I drove an hour and a half and then they wouldn't answer the door and I had to drive an hour and a half back. And I'm like, oh no, I would not have made it. <laughs> yeah. And they still, sir, they still, you know, pers- persevered and, persevered, and are doing yeah. so well. Like that, that just blows my mind. It's yeah. too easy now, yeah. almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I just love that. I wanted to ask you um, just about some of the struggles. Can you think of like any specific struggles you've had, like when you're going through your your training period of um, onboarding people? Like, is there anything specific that you can share, especially with other agents listening, you know, um, or people who are thinking about getting into the business? Like, how did you overcome um you know, when it get when it gets hard, like what kind of the struggles you did you go through? I would say, so I feel like I'm still trying to figure out how to overcome things. You know, um, I would say one of the biggest struggles that I feel like probably all of our us agents deal with is when you're onboarding a new trainee, getting them to see past that training phase and see how good it gets after the training phase that's where that sweet spot is. That's where it's, it's hard to get them to see that. And if you, I feel like if you can't get them to envision that most of the time we end up losing them, they don't stay long enough to get their own individual certification and move on individually. They throw in the towel too soon. And that's something that I feel like I struggle with is giving them that vision. I'm I'm getting better at it, but it is still something that we're overcoming. And so I just try to reach out more, focus on them more, like, what can I do for you? You know, in that, that seminar we were at this past weekend, um, they said, ask those open-ended questions. How can I help you? What would, what would make you feel like you're being trained to the best of your potential? Um, Things like that, that would help them grow in the past. You know, I I'm quick to just give little answers like, Oh, well you just do it like this. Mm -hmm. But now I try to break it down more like, well, how, how can I explain that, that you would make you feel more comfortable with it or, you know, whatever the case may be, just try to do those open-ended questions that kind of pulls out more of what works for them and their personality so that you can help them through the training process. Cause I, I feel like if we get them past that training process and they see how awesome what we do is for people, then they're hooked, you know, mm-hmm. like I I've had a, I tell people, you know, if you get to actually see the joy on a family's face when, um, like I'll give you an example. I had a a client, he had a policy for about two months and, um, it was an IUL. He got ran over while jogging. And I got to tell him, well, you know, that policy was two months ago. You get to pull off that death benefit to help you with expenses while you recover. Cause he's not gonna be able to work for about nine months because both legs are broken. One arm's broken you know, had a skull fracture, all this stuff. So, but seeing the relief that washed over his wife, when I said that, it's like, you get to be Santa Claus. And if you can get the trainee past that to see how good it is, then they're hooked, but it's just getting them past that because the training part is it's tough, but it's worth it. Yeah. You know, I'm so glad that you said that because, um, yeah, I just, you know, I'm interested in, in hearing you, like, why is it that you're able to see that vision so clearly? Like, what is your vision and, and what drives you? I think what drives me is honestly, 
the selfish part of it is the potential that I see for growth and for making my own dreams come true. One of which is, you know, I want to retire my husband. I really want to retire my parents who like a lot of Americans right now probably aren't going to get to retire unless I somehow am able to help them get to that retirement. This platform allows me to have the growth and the potential to get them retired as well as retire my husband and myself. And I see that potential and my vision is to make those things happen. On the client side of that though, you know, it's almost the same vision because you see how you can change generations of lives by providing a financial education and even an opportunity to even join us in business and make their dreams happen and those visions grow. And I think trying to just pass pass those visions along kind of keeps me going like, you know, can you see yourself retiring your parents? Can you see yourself changing your financial futures for generations to come? I mean, just, I think that just gets me so pumped up and excited to be able to possibly do that for people that it just, it just keeps me going. Yeah, that's amazing. And thank you so much for sharing that. Um, mm-hmm. This generation, um, specifically, um, and the Gen Xers, you know, uh-huh. they're the ones who are sandwiched <laughs> between their kids and their parents, you know, mm-hmm. they have, you know, to take care of both of them. And meanwhile, their own retirement suffers. You're yeah. supposed to be saving yeah. for your future, but you're, you're taking care of the ones below and above, you know? Yes. And yeah. I think that's such yeah. a great, a great vision. And are you guys listening out there? Uh, <laughs> this is for all of you because this is something that we all can do and it's, it's totally possible. And if that's something that you're seeing, this is the way, this is a, a way to do it. You know, mm-hmm. um, you shouldn't feel the burden of that. And a lot of people just weren't prepared in the past. You know, like I think mm-hmm. the, the people are always thinking that, oh, I'll, I'll be okay, you know, mm-hmm. but they don't account for what if I get sick and, you know, seven out of mm-hmm. 10 people get chronic illness and, that is just a, a dream killer. And I, I hate seeing people go through that. I just see so many incidents on Facebook, all those, you know, those mm-hmm. um, fundraisers happening for people's oh, illnesses. Yeah. GoFundMe's and yeah. all, yes. And I'm just like, you know, I, I just feel for those families who weren't mm-hmm. prepared, you know, and I feel like well, we have such a powerful message. Yes, because, and, you know, it's true what, what I'm sure y'all preach, we preach, you're not given a financial education. Our parents weren't given financial educations. So they don't know, you know, they think they're going to retire off their social security and their 401k. And nine times out of 10, you're not even close with those two things. Unless you've got another bucket to pull from, you're going to be working until your seventies, eighties. I mean, if you look around society, how many little old people are you seeing going back to work at restaurants and Walmart and anywhere they can get a job because they're struggling and they're hurting because they were never helped to prepare for this. And mm-hmm. so what we do is just so important. And it really, you know, it plays on my heart when I think of my parents being in that same situation or my aunts, uncles, my friends' parents. And then, like you said, the generation that we're in right now, that gap we're in, we're trying to prepare our children for college or even their retirements. Honestly, you might as well start setting them up now. 
and trying to get to be able to help our parents retire and at the same time trying to help ourselves be able to retire. So we have a lot on our plate and most of us don't know how to get there. And we provide the avenue for that and getting the word out that we can help for that is just something that I think everyone should be doing, you know? Yeah. So powerful. And the, the power, it it really is a crusade. Like it's not Mm -hmm. about selling insurance or, you know, closing deals. It's Mm -hmm. not about that at all. It's about getting the education out there until people understand, because most people don't have any idea. And it's almost like pulling teeth to just let you, you know, have the opportunity to learn. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Most of them don't even want to sit down and learn anything. In fact, I'm like, I'll just teach you for free. If you want more information after that, perfect, but I'm not going to push you. Just let me teach you something. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just as 30 minutes of your time. That's all I need, you know? And, you know, but it's very powerful because everybody I always sit down with, even if they don't end up getting anything right, then they always see value. Mm -hmm. There hasn't been a single person I met with that didn't see the value of what we do. Right. And that's the real, the real deal for me. You know, if, if you get something out of it, even if it's something you pass on to somebody else, if you just get something out of it, then, you know, that's good enough for me. You know, and if it's something you come back years later and you're like, man, I want to do that now because now I understand, you know, whatever the case may be, as long as we can change a life in some way, it's worth it. It's worth the 30 minutes. Absolutely. (laughs) And so before we end the interview, I just want to um, ask you, like, what is your vision for 2023? Like, what do you got planned for this year since you ended 2022 with such a bang? Yes. Um. Honestly, I was a little disappointed in my end with 2022, but I, like I said, I'm one of those people that I, I don't want to see and I want to, I want to do everything full force 24 seven. So for 2023, my biggest goal is, um, I want to get my ring, which for those of you that don't know that are listening, it means I want to hit a certain cash flow, and I want to hit my senior marketing director. I want to get a good solid team under me that gets past that training process and just takes off on their own, helping people on their own. Cause then the benefit, you know, whether than me just sitting on one appointment with one person, if there's 10 of us sitting on 10 appointments at one time, you're helping that many more people. So my goal is just to build a big team and hopefully hit our convention in Vegas, meeting a good chunk of those goals. So. Awesome. Well, I know you will because you're driven <laughs> and I can see that energy coming out of you. And it, for those of you who want to follow um, Chelsea here, um, what is your social media handle? So and I'll definitely drop Instagram, it here. My Instagram handle is at Chelsea.McClure, all lowercase. <laughs> follow her. Her journey is awesome. And I will be following you as well. And I will see you at convention in yes. Vegas in July. I, I already requested it. off. <laughs> I haven't yet, but I hope maybe by then I'll be full time. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your story. I'm super inspired by you. And um, I, I look forward to meeting you in person. I was stalking you around. I don't know if you heard from your teammates that some hygienist was looking. I was like, where, were I, where did I miss her? I, I think you came by when I was talking to Jay and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> uh, no, I came by when you're at the fire pit outside. Um, yeah. And and I was like, you know what? She looks like she's masterminding. I'm not going to interrupt her, but I was like, I'll find her somehow. 
<laughs> yes. Well, I'm so glad you did. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. And I look forward to meeting you in face-to-face and not in a little square. Yes. Uh, thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for joining us on Dark Horse Matters. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends and we will see you next week. Be passionate.